0: Everyone, it's Paul Ward here, and welcome to another edition of Farm Talk. I'm very excited today. We're going to be talking about coffee, and our guest is Lisa Tate with the California Coffee Collective. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you.
1: I'm so excited to be here.
0: And we're in a beautiful setting. We're at Rancho Filoso outside of Santa Paula, California. A little windy today, but (laughs) still a beautiful setting, and thank you for having us i'm so happy you're here and of course we want to thank our sponsors opus escrow and the money store so lisa what is the california coffee collective
1: well um it's a company we started in order to help support california coffee growers so coffee is a new crop here in california and um, it requires a whole process to get it from the farm to the roaster and so we decided to to do our own, oh, since I'm growing coffee, I needed to have a way to get it mm-hmm. to the next stages. So, um, we started up a, a corporation to do that, and um, gathered machinery from Colombia because they don't they don't support the coffee industry in the continental United States. So we had to to figure out how to get all that equipment here, and um, we had to teach ourselves how to do this because we were all new at it, and um, and we did, and we're mm-hmm. making some really great coffees.
0: That's awesome, and it's called a collective, so I, I would imagine you've got other growers that are part of the group.
1: Yeah, so we're the first of five farms to be growing coffee in California. Our crop just went into commercial production last year at year five, and so there are other farms that will be coming up here, and they're gonna need the support um, of. Of people who can process the coffee for them.
0: Okay, because this is really avocado lemon country. Mm-hmm. And so what made you think about growing coffee?
1: Well, um, there's a there's a lot of issues with um, this bug called this Asian citrus psyllid mm-hmm. in, around here and um, it's kind of decimated Florida's citrus industry and, and the bug is here and this bug carries a little virus and so we're trying to keep this virus out as long as possible, but it's we're afraid it's going to really impact the citrus industry here. So we were looking for ways to diversify. I mm-hmm. think growers are always looking for ways to diversify. Right. So we ended up um, hearing about this coffee deal and uh, we thought, well, we'll give it a try. Um, so we planted an acre and a half. We planted two varieties mm-hmm. and then we wanted just to see kind of grow here, you mm-hmm. know, so, um, so we... We babied it. It had, um, it was cute. All of the little plants had their own little blankets for the first year <laughs> to keep them warm because we we were really worried about them getting through the winter and being warm enough through the winter. Mm-hmm. And then they grew and they kept growing and and then so now okay yeah we know we can grow it here but does it taste good? So we um, we had to wait and wait and wait and learn and yeah it does taste good. It tastes really good.
0: So you're growing two varieties. Mm-hmm.
1: We're growing. A, a Geisha variety and a Caturra Rojo variety. They're both specialty coffees mm-hmm. and if we're going to sell coffee in California because our labor costs and our inputs are so much more expensive than in South America or in Africa, right. we really need to be selling specialty coffee and high very high end specialty coffee. So um, we're growing two varieties. The geisha is one of the more expensive varieties in the world and um, it has a very tea-like flavor, but it is a little bit more of a slow starter. So it took a while for that plant to get going and um, and it doesn't produce as much fruit. We call it fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and the Ketura, um is a little hardier and it grows a lot more fruit. And so um, we, we wanted to kind of, again, diversify, hedge our bets a little bit. So we planted both of those.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you planted, did you have the support infrastructure to help with the harvesting and the mm-hmm. and the, the roasting? Because I mean, with avocados and lemons, it's just kind of like a no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> but with a new crop, you kind of have to have somebody buy your fruit,
1: mm-hmm.
0: harvest your fruit process. Did you have all that in place? Or uh, we to... had
1: some of that in place. Um, what I, I tell people, we're farmers, so we know right. how to grow things and right. there's lots of people around here that know how to grow things. And so um, we've basically taken our expertise in avocados and citrus and use the same principles, you know. Plants plants need food they need food, water, medicine, you know, they need to be kept warm or cool. So they it's it's pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we once we were ready to harvest, that was when um, yeah, it was it was difficult to figure out what we were gonna do. So I first, I'm really a big supporter of women in agriculture. So I hired um, an all women crew. Oh,
0: very cool. And
1: it was really fun because we were out there just harvesting. And what we were we do is um, I found the exact color nail polish of a red ripe coffee cherry and we painted our nails and then we um, just picked and you can, it's hard in the shade to, to be able to see the exact right color, but it's really important that you only get the exact ripest. Uh, coffee cherries when you're harvesting, and so um, so we did that. So that was fun. And then in the last few years. Um Hi. During um, COVID, I I just kind of said, hey, to all my friends on Facebook, do you guys want to come harvest? And everybody was looking for something to do outdoors. So we came out and we had a socially distanced coffee uh, harvest Uh and everybody had so much fun. And they said, we would pay to do this. You know, we want to bring our friends next time you do this. I thought, oh, well, that sounds cool. Maybe we'll we'll make a thing out of this. So I haven't paid for any uh, harvesting since then. We've just had friends and family and just local people come so
0: you throw like harvesting parties yeah so harvesting started with friends and family Mm -hmm. and now you have these harvesting parties yeah and so anybody can come at a certain date and time yeah
1: i usually set a date it's hard because i have to figure out exactly when it's going to be ripe right (laughs) and so i do my best to estimate that and then i throw up um i send out a message to all of our subscribers from our website Uh and they um whoever's interested comes and or it's, I also um, set up events through Eventbrite.
0: Okay, very yeah. cool. That's the first I've heard of that. Yeah, it's all, it's
1: a lot of fun.
0: All women crew and free volunteers yes. to harvest. Yes. Interesting.
1: Yeah, and, interesting. and because I didn't have to pay so much during my um, volunteer events, um, it was it gave me a lot of freedom to experiment with the coffee because i i didn't have that huge expenses that i would have had because it is a very labor-intensive crop i mean you have to think about it's like picking a grape each individually making sure that the color is exactly right on it right so um so yeah and then once we uh, once we had that then um we had to learn how to process it and so i watched youtube videos and i talked to people and we had some people who had coffee farms um, and had some experience come talk to us and we kind of fuddled our way through it the first mm-hmm. few times right and coffee cherries are very sticky they have a lot of sugar in them so my hair was sticking straight up and we were a mess and it was midnight cuz you have to process it really quickly or it starts to ferment too right. much so yeah and and uh, I mean, there's a whole process, but basically we float them, and so all of the dense beans go to the bottom of the bucket of water, and um, and those are the good ones. Mm-hmm. And so we use all the other ones for other things, like possibly um, we'll roast them and put them in chocolates, oh. or you know, we make um, different things out of the cherries too. Mm-hmm.
0: And who does your? Are you in the roasting game too? So um, so after all of the coffee is
1: pulped and. Fermented and dried and then it the, and it sits it takes about four months from the time that it's picked a minimum of four months to the time that it can It's ready to roast so um, when it's ready to roast we um, Have some co-owners of the California Coffee Collective Ragamuffin Roasters the owners of Ragamuffin Roasters. They do all of the roasting for us Okay, and then um, yeah, you can buy um, the coffee from them um, a lot of times we do them through um through auctions or we sell through auctions or we sell what my favorite way to do it is through coffee cupping events where we get to actually lead you through the event and do a whole
0: coffee cupping
1: yeah a fancy it's it's a it's kind of a party (laughs) for about eight people and um yeah we we slurp it it's it's a (laughs) lot of fun yeah
0: very cool um so if somebody's listening or watching our our show could they go to a website and
1: yeah, they can go to our website. Um, right now, we're, we're all sold out for the coffee that we're selling on our website. But if, you, um, if you're interested in scheduling a, a private event, we can, we can discuss that. Or if um, you just want to, um, you can talk to me individually. I have a private reserve stashed away. Very cool. And
0: what is that, what is that website?
1: It's californiacoffee.com.
0: That's a great name. That's a great name. <laughs> So you come from a long line of farmers. I And do. You're, you're the first one of many generations to, to break into coffee.
1: Yeah, uh, no. no. Well, I'm, well, the first one to get, get into coffee, but I'm not... Um yeah, my family, uh, my great grandfather, when he was eight years old, came on the Oregon Trail and he, um, they made it up to Oregon, barely, they barely survived. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he made his way down um, into the Bay Area and then in about 1876 he made it to Ventura County and bought a farm. You know, at that time people were coming to the West gold but they were also coming for land and so my family was here looking for land and that was not a get rich quick scheme Right, (laughs) you have to have a lot of patience to work the land buy the land work the land and um and so they did and they just gradually um accumulated farms and then my great grandfather um, found this farm and built um built his home here in 1926 and moved his family and um, we've been here on this property ever since.
0: Wow, and this is called Rancho Filoso.
1: Rancho Filoso, which Filoso means sharp ranch, and my family is a sharp family.
0: How do you determine the the quality of of your beans when you're you're picking? And also, too, if you have the public coming Mm -hmm. um, and harvesting, how do you teach them what to leave on Mm -hmm. the bush?
1: Yeah, so... Well, first of all, I'm just going to throw it out there. My goal is to have the best coffee in the entire world. (laughs)
0: Very cool. Um,
1: So in order to do that, you have to have every single part of the process exactly perfect. You can't make a mistake anywhere. And um, and we've been experimenting a lot, too, with that process. So um, first thing is you have to have healthy trees. That's number one. Um, The second thing is you have to harvest at exactly the right time. So only the ripe, perfect... Beans that aren't that have no flaws, and so that when my harvesters come in, I um, I do I have the nail polish still, <laughs> and we we either paint our nails or I have pieces of tape that are pre-painted, and so they can wrap them around their fingers and they, they pick. But I'm I'm around there watching to make sure, and mm-hmm. um, and then we have a machine that um, they all go through that takes that cherry off of the bean, and um, and that that kind of sorts out some of the stuff too um, that isn't quite right. They get floated, um, so they only only the dense beans um, mm-hmm. are used to make the coffee, and then they go through a fermentation process, and that's where we've been having a lot of fun too, um, trying different things, um, extending the fermi- fermentation times. We've tried things, um, we've tried these, um, sp- their um, like spores that they use to make sake, for example. We've mm-hmm. tried putting that in, um, and in some of our experiments, um, we've been able to raise our cupping scores four points, which is, when you're in really high levels, that's that's impressive. So coffee scored on a scale from zero to 100, very similar to wine. Mm-hmm. And um, anything above an 80 is considered specialty coffee, 83 solidly specialty coffee. So we were excited because our four-year-old coffee scored an 89.25, wow. so that was our immature coffee that we sent out to be professionally graded. Uh-huh. Um, our coffee last year, we didn't send out to be professionally graded, but um, the owners at Rag Muffin are very experienced. So we're scoring above. We, we believe we hit past that 90 uh, marks, which places you in in the very top tiers of oh, coffee. That's, oh, that's coffee. exciting. Yeah. And
0: who's doing this scoring? Is this a, a coffee group association? Yeah, there's a,
1: yeah, there's a um, specialty coffee association that provides um, training and certifications. So you're called a Q grader if you are um, a coffee taster.
0: Okay, and yeah. so if you, if you get this rating... A few years in a row you're kind of on the map and yeah noticed. You,
1: yeah you'll get noticed and, and there's also um competition so i'd love to enter some of these competitions and, uh-huh. and the winner of those um often you know they'll sell out their whole at five thousand dollars a pound type of
0: prices wow mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah that's, that's that's a lot better than avocados <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, can any ranch in uh, in the area be a coffee grower? It takes special climate, water, soil. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like anything. I mean, how do you, you kind of there was a little bit of luck involved. I mean, you took a risk, yeah. but also your your property lent itself to to being a coffee, yeah. a coffee property. It
1: seems that our um, our coastal climate, our Southern California coastal climate, seems to be. Um, able to produce these great coffees. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they kind of mimic some of the mountainous regions in the tropics, so, um, so yeah, we seem to, to be doing okay here. I wouldn't go too hot or too cold, though, right. you know. Um, yeah, in fact, um, I was so worried about cold temperatures and then we had some really hot days uh, that damaged our trees mm-hmm. a few years back, so.
0: And what, what equipment do you, do you need to, to grow did you have to you said you had to get some specialty you got the you oh. got, did you get the fruit from Columbia you said did you no buy... no
1: we got the fruit from a, a nursery here um, in California <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we and and we're working with another nursery as well giving them seeds and they're growing um, the seeds so hopefully more and more farmers can, uh, will be able to do this if they choose to mm-hmm. um and then the equipment, yeah, I had um, to get, like, pulping machines and holing machines um, because you can do it by hand. Right. <laughs> and I did do it by hand, but um, it's really tedious, extremely tedious work. Um, and it would be too labor-intensive to, sure. to make any economic sense. So, um, yeah, so we, we had to figure out where to get this equipment. We had to figure out how to get money to these countries that have this equipment because the United States doesn't necessarily have banking agreements with them. And right. then we had to cross our fingers and hope they got here. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we were lucky what they did and my equipment is great. And um, the greatest part about it is it's low water um, use. Equipment, oh. no water really. So um, of course, water is always a huge issue here. Right. And um, yeah, so. Um, I would say that coffee uses about the same amount of water as avocados. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So about three acre feet mm-hmm. per year. Somewhere yeah. Near. The bush is smaller though, isn't it? It's a lot smaller than No, they can isn't? get
1: up. They can get up there pretty big. I mean, it is technically a bush, but mm-hmm. I call them trees because they act more like trees. Um, but we, we top them at about six feet because we don't want to have to get on ladders to harvest them.
0: Sure. Plus yeah. your, your volunteer... Harvesters. Yeah, I
1: don't want anything
0: getting <laughs> hurt. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. The other nice thing about it is we're using all parts of the plant, mm. uh, which is really exciting. So, like, we use the the leaves. can We can make tea out of the leaves, so mm-hmm. when we prune them, um, we use, obviously, the beans, but we're using the cherry for all kinds of exciting things. And then, um, also, even the holes we're using as a mulch and... Um, and we're recycling all any water that we use back into the orchards to irrigate the
0: plants. So it's a, every every part of the every part of the bean is being every part used of the bean and way. the
1: plant. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there's caffeine in all parts of it, too.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Now, do you determine the level of caffeine when you're roasting?
1: No, but I will say in those cherries, you can eat the cherries. They're pretty sweet uh-huh. and they have a lot
0: <laughs> you, can, you can taste the buzz.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can feel it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, do you notice that our region has a produces a specific flavor of coffee or is it or how does that work?
1: Well, I don't know because I haven't tried too many other coffees in this region because mm-hmm. it's such a new thing, but I will say our coffee absolutely has a different flavor and it has a natural sweetness which um yeah, it's you don't even need to put sugar in it. Really, it's really is that sweet. sweet. And our coffee, um, the Geisha is known for being um, tea-like, so very smooth. You won't taste any of the acid that you know normal coffees have. Mm-hmm. And um, and it definitely has some floral and tropical undertones, depending on which variety you're getting. So yeah, I mean, a good coffee takes you on a kind of an experience, and so you, we taste it when it's warm, and it um, we. We smell it and we taste it and and then as it cools, we taste it again and you get a whole different experience on the cool coffee.
0: So how did you get in the coffee game?
1: Okay, my parents um, decided to do this before I came on bar. I was a stay-at-home mom for a while, taking care of my kids mm-hmm. and working here part-time. So they and our ranch manager made the decision to try out this coffee, not knowing what I was gonna get myself into. So, um, So yeah, five years later, um, we developed this whole, whole new business out of it, um, but yeah, they were just—they really wanted to tr- diversify and try something new, and mm-hmm. I think it's—it's it's been really exciting, you know, trying something new. And when you see that first coffee cherry, I mean, it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. There is a funny thing that, um, so we had this um, woman come, and she's a coffee grower in South America, and she has 300 acres of coffee, that's wow. a big area. That's good. And um, she came over and she she grabbed our cherries and she started squeezing them, and she was watching it, and there were all these drips coming out of it, because the fruit has a lot of water and sugar in it. And I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with it? You know, cause I, I was still learning. And, she, her eyes just kept getting bigger and bigger and and finally I said what are you doing she's like well i'm milking the cherry <laughs> <I> said <laughs> what is that <laughs> and she said she said you i just got six drips out of this and i was like oh okay she's like i've never gotten more than four wow and i think that's a testament to how healthy our plants are and she was also amazed because we have um, fertilizer tanks. And so we, um, we get lab samples, we get soil analysis, and we get tissue analysis. So we know exactly what our plants need and we give them the nutrients that they need. And she said, well, we couldn't, we couldn't do that because the tanks would be stolen in one night where oh, we are. Wow. So I think that's one of the things people always ask me, like, how can you just come in here, um, you know start something new and be really you know have this amazing hobby and i do we we have some advantages that maybe some other people in other places don't have and that we have all the science to back us and we have all this equipment to back us and we farm that's what we do too so right.
0: um
1: so i think i think those have all helped us get us where we are
0: Interesting that's an interesting comment that she said that if she even had the tanks mm-hmm. they would be stolen yeah. so
1: Things we don't have to yeah, worry we, about. Yeah, right, really. think about You're that.
0: Gonna, yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So, what is the name of the of the coffee? If I wanted to buy a, a bag of coffee,
1: oh, it's called Filoso, uh-huh. um, but um, and it's through the California Coffee Collective. Yeah, and actually, um, we, we you can't buy it in bags right now, but I would recommend holding off because our packaging is stuck on a ship, <laughs> 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 and it comes with. Um, a really specialized glass to drink it out of because when you're talking about coffees at this level, you, um, you want to make sure you're drinking it properly too. And it'll come with a recipe as well on how we recommend you brew it and, um, and how you drink it.
0: So how do you drink a special <laughs> coffee? I have to ask.
1: Well, we recommend pour overs. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, just a normal pour over that you could learn how to do watching YouTube if you don't already do it. Most people who are really into coffee already know how to do a pour over. Um, but yeah, and then drinking it out of the glass. The glass is shaped so that you get the aromas too that you're meant to get. And you're tasting it as it comes in at the right kind of um, places in your tongue.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I am drinking the disp- wrong coffee. <laughs> That's all I can say. I am drinking yeah, the wrong no, stuff.
1: This coffee's not like any <laughs> coffee that... That you've probably ever tasted. Um, like it doesn't need creamer, it doesn't need flavoring, it doesn't need sugar, and that's yeah. what makes it special. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I, th- I would say that you would ruin it if you if you do that because you then you can't taste what's so great about it.
0: Yeah, I gotta say yeah. so.
1: Yeah, Very and the fun. other thing that's interesting about it is um, it's r- our roasters. So I don't, I'm not a roaster, but my partners are roasters, and. Um, And they say roasting it is unlike any coffee they've ever roasted. And they have over a decade worth of um, roasting experience. And they get coffees from all over the world for their shops. And normally you roast by sound, you hear it cracks during the roasting process. You get a first crack and a second crack. But um, our coffee doesn't crack, and so they're having to do it by sight, which is not normal. Um, So we don't know why it doesn't crack, but our roasting, it it does roast very, very differently than other coffees. So if we were going to sell our coffee to a a roaster, we would definitely have some recommendations on how to get the best.
0: Hmm. um, Now, with the same bean grown in a different area, not crack or we, or you just don't know
1: no it, it would crack it would crack. These so there's something about the others. region there's something about i don't know if it's the region or a farm but something's different about it
0: interesting so they're 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 roasting beans from all over the world mm-hmm. and something about the local climate and bean combo they're not something's cracking.
1: different yet
0: interesting <laughs> and don't add cream and sugar
1: don't ruin it
0: <laughs> all right so we're in a we're in a beautiful spot, uh, Rancho Feloso.
1: It's a little windy. A little windy today.
0: <laughs> um, we're up on a hill. So the ocean is off in the distance, and surrounded by beautiful avocado trees. Mm-hmm. Um, your property was hit by the Thomas fire in yeah. 2017.
1: Yes, we lost about 50 acres of avocados, in one night just blew wow. through. And our, our coffee trees were young, and they were surrounded by avocado trees, but it was amazing because not one single coffee tree burned, even though all the avocado trees around it burned. And um, they were, there were some that got hot, mm-hmm. you know, they got scorched cause it was really close, but yeah, none of them burned. So um, interesting. So there are little miracle plants.
0: <laughs> so Lisa Tate, I want to thank you for being our guest on this edition of Farm Talk.
1: Thank you, thanks for thinking of us. And I love being able to share all of my adventures in coffee, so.
0: Absolutely, and if anybody else wants to learn more about coffee growing in our region, we will definitely refer them to you and the California Coffee Collective. And be sure to tune in next time for another edition of Farm Talk.